1: Nice, nice. Well, welcome to River Valley. I'm so thankful uh, you guys are here. When you think about Christ and you think about Jesus, so many times you picture him nice. I mean, he had all of these followers all of the time, and he was genuinely nice. He was genuinely thoughtful to people until he wasn't. One of my favorite stories in the Bible that shows this, this different side this different angle of Jesus is this he's going through the temple and he sees it basically they've turned it into a Walmart and so this this religious Walmart and what does he do he turns over the tables he throws the money changers out complete chaos he makes a whip and whips them out and all of a sudden he says you've made this place into a marketplace but then he says my house shall be a house of prayer what he's mad at is so much of what is taking place in their lives is taking away from what they should be doing and that this is a place for prayer. So today as we talk about the four initiative, we want to talk about what our buildings are used for is for prayer. And I want to give you Solomon's uh, prayer that he is praying in the dedication of their temple today. But I want you to think about how we can use that. His prayer is a roadmap for how we should pray. And so go back this week, read 2 Chronicles chapter 6, read this prayer, because I'm going to pull out several verses because there's so much in there. But you can go line by line through this thing and learn so much about prayer in reading his prayer. So, how are we going to make that this place and the, the building that we're going to build a place for prayer? Number one, Second Chronicles chapter six, beginning in verse twenty-three says, uh, "May you hear in heaven and act. May you judge your servants and condemn the wicked on by bringing what he has done on his own head and providing justice." As a key word for the righteous, by rewarding him according to his righteousness providing justice. We pray sometimes for justice, for justice. Now justice is saying, or if you're praying for justice for you or someone else, you are saying, this is not fair. This is not right. Now we're going to get to a moment. This is unfortunate. That's different. This is about right and wrong. And someone has been wronged in this place. And how can we overcome that? Let me give you an example. Last year, uh, ha- I had surgery during the summer. And so the, the hospital calls and they say, you know, this is how much you're going to have to pay. And this is, uh, you know, and so we did that, had surgery, everything was fine. A few months later, I get a bill in the mail for $9,000. And I was like, oh, oh no. Uh, right. And so, you know, we'd already paid this large deductible and here's this. And so so I call them and, and, and everything that I'm going to tell you transpires. This is how it starts. I call them and they answer, with elevator music. And then they say, your call is very important to us. However, we're experiencing larger than normal call volumes. And so you're gonna have to wait. Enjoy your time as you die a slow, painful death on the phone. And so I wait and wait and wait and wait. I turn it on speakerphone, I clean the house, I do work, all of this thing. And they come on and I'm like, hey, I got this this bill for 9,000. Uh, That seems like I already paid my deductible. What's going on? Well, come to find out through a lot of different phone calls, they had forgotten to call and pre-approve. They had pre-approved the hospital that I could have a surgery in a hospital. So that money was covered. They had not pre-approved the surgeon. And so this was the money for the surgeon. So afterwards they tried to get it pre-approved and the insurance says, no, you didn't pre-approve it. So evidently they're like, he'll have a hospital. Anyone can do surgery, it's not a big deal. So so now I owe 9,000 or they say I owe $9,000. So I go back to them and I'm like, hey, it seems like you made a mistake. It seems like you owe $9,000. And they said, yeah, we made a mistake, but we think, you owe $9,000. And so I was like, uh-uh. And uh-huh. Here we go. All right. So I call the insurance. I call them back. I mean, and every time, I mean, long, and then they're like, well, let us do a deep dive into this. It'll be 30 to 45 days. I write down the, I'm like, you made the mistake. You fix it. You call the insurance. You do all, and every time, oh yeah, we'll do this. We'll do that. And then I would call back the next day. They hadn't done it. I mean, I was just like, I'd have to call them back and say, look, I, I don't mean to be vulgar, but liar, liar, pants on fire! You didn't do what you said. It's just over, and and, I, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to get a lawyer. I'm gonna have to go to like, can you know, is nine thousand dollars worth it? Are you just gonna pay that in fee? Like, how? And I, I'm, I don't want to pay this money. It's not right. They did wrong, and and it was so much until I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. I'm gonna get God involved. I'm gonna get God involved because. Because I can go to the heavenly father who this verse says, you can ask for justice and he is the ultimate judge of heaven. He is above the Supreme court. And you can say, God, give me justice. They did wrong and they're trying to make me pay for it. And I begin to pray that before every phone call. let, let me be totally fair. I still had to listen to, I still had to deal with, oh, well, maybe, I mean, but, but in the end of the day, I'm happy to say last month, after 18 months of this, they sent me a bill. They're like, the insurance decided to pay for it and you're done and we're good. And so I was like, yes, you know, cause, cause I was going to have to look at Melinda at some point and, say, and look at her and be like, do you think you need both kidneys? Cause I think we could get a lot of money for one of your kidneys. And, And uh, so you never know till you ask. Here's the the idea that I want to get across to you in prayer. There are some times that you pray for something and you say, I need justice. I need you to show up, God. This is not right. This is not fair. They said this. They promised this. They didn't do it. Or they lied about this. And now people believe them. I need justice. I need you to show up as the ultimate judge and declare in heaven right and wrong and what is declared in the courts in heaven would come about in the courts on earth. Pray for justice. When there is, a, when there is an obvious case where you know the situation, pray for that. Now be careful with this one. There are times that we pray for justice, but they are actually few and far between because when we go to the God of heaven, most of the time you don't say, God forgive me because I've been perfect, or God do this because I deserve it. You most of the time don't pray for justice, you pray for mercy. God, I don't deserve this, I need grace. And so that's where we find ourselves in the next verse. 2 Chronicles chapter 6 verse 24 says, If your people Israel are defeated before an enemy because they've sinned against you and they return to you and they praise your name and they pray and they plead for mercy before you in this temple. So this verse has all about to do with when we pray when we are in pain. Pain. Pain is an exceptional motivator for prayer. We pray when we are in pain. In fact, let's be honest. I pray much better in pain than I praise in pleasure. Many times God gives me so much and I even forget to say thank you for what he has given me. But when my life turns upside down, whether it's my fault, someone else's fault, situations just happen, whatever it is, I pray in pain and I pray well. And don't ever waste a moment of pain for your prayer life because God's trying to speak to you. Now, this is is an interesting way that he does this. In this verse that we just read, he says, if you're in pain, if you're defeated by your enemy because you sin, there are some times that God allows you to feel the consequences of your sin. God allows you to feel the weight of what you have done through consequences, through the pain that it causes But then in verse 28, he says something different. He says, when pestilence happens or when a famine occurs. In other words, it just happens. Something just happens in life. The first one is you got pain because you messed up. The second one is you got pain just because of the world in which we live. How do you decide, okay, what's God doing in this moment? You want to listen to God, but you want to understand why the pain is there. Let me give you one of my favorite quotes. This is by C.S. Lewis. He is the author of Chronicles of Narnia. And he says, pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers in our pleasures. God speaks in our conscience, but God shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Listen to God in pain. But also, you need to be able to, okay, when you're speaking to me in this pain, what are you saying? Have I sinned? Is this something that's happening in the world? Are you using this as a growth motivator in my life? What's going on in this moment in my pain? Let me give you five words to help you discern what God is doing in pain. The, The first one is examine. You examine your life. The Bible says, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there's a wicked way in me. So when you are in pain, go to God and say, God, what's going on in my life? What's going on in my existence? Is there pain? Holy Spirit, I invite you. Look at my thoughts. Listen to my words. Look at my actions. Look at what I do and I don't do that I should. And and highlight if there's sin in my life. Examine. Number two, the word is confess confess. You need to confess your sins to God. Now be careful. I didn't say tell God you're a sinner. Confess your actual sins to God. I did this. I said this. Or I didn't. like Even the interior sins. God, man, this is, this is my thought life. This is what's going on in, in my heart and my mind. Confess those things. It just, the Bible says if we confess them, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Number three, write down the word, repent. Repent. Repent means to turn from, to turn around. So you turn away from your sin and you face towards your Savior, Jesus Christ. So it means, God, don't allow me to go back. Don't just say, oh, I did it and I'll get forgiven because I'm going to do it again. No, no, I'm, I'm making a road of righteousness in my life. I'm, I'm, road, I'm cutting off how I do this sin and I'm, I'm asking God, don't let me go back to that. Help me to repent. The fourth word is the word restore. Restore. In this verse we just read, he said, God, restore to me the land that has been taken away. There, there, many times when we sin, we've, we've damaged relationships. God, restore that relationship. Maybe I, I need to go to someone and say, I'm sorry, I messed up. I, I didn't think about it or I did think about it and I did it anyway. God, restore that. Some, sometimes there's been things that have happened that have really hurt my relationship with God. Restore these things to me. And then number five, the word is praise. If God is forgiving you, if God is setting you free from sin, don't forget to praise his holy name. Don't forget to say thank you. Don't forget to sing songs of celebration to him. Sing to the Lord, God, thank you for giving me this forgiveness in my life. Number three, 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse uh, was 29 says, Every prayer or petition that any person or that all of your people, Israel, may have, they will all know of their own affliction and suffering as they spread out their hands toward this temple. Here's how prayer works every prayer by any person or by all the people. What prayers are heard in the place of God? Every single prayer. Who has to pray them? A very devoted elder or pastor of the church. Now, the Bible says every prayer by any person. If you are here and you're like, I'm brand new to Christianity or I've really messed up or I don't know this very well, God hears your prayer when you come to this place and you pray to him. Every prayer by any person. Man, pray it out to God. Here's where I think we mess up on this one. We think God has a, a limitation we think he has a limitation on his attention sometimes. Like right now, if we were to pray, he'd be like, look, I, I, I'm trying to deal with the, the war in Israel. I've got lots of things happening. You know, I can give you a few seconds. But that's not how God is at all. God absolutely can give you his total focus and attention. He is not bound or constricted by, I'm doing this, so I can't do that. He is not like us. God can give you his total attention. Some people don't pray because they say, you know what, my prayer is not as big as this person over here. I've got this, this physical thing going on, but this person I know, they have cancer. And so God would say, you, it's almost like God would say, you know what, I really care about the, the big issues, but I don't care about your issue. And that's not true at all. Every prayer by any person, write this down. If it's important to you, it's important to God. If it's important to you, not based on other people in their ranking, it is important to God and He will hear it. He will listen. He will respond. You can pray your deepest, you can pray your most intimate. He really does want to have that kind of relationship with you. But He also hears the prayer of all people of all of us in unison praying together in this place towards one common vision, one common goal. Here's our our, our prayer that we are praying right now. Our prayer is $2.5 million to start this project and $4.5 million to end this project, to finish it our prayer i need you all of us together praying in unison together god help us to have enough to start this project god bring us conclusion to this that we would finish this project together i told i told you in uh, in the uh, um, vision night, I told you like, don't get the idea or don't come up to me, you know, it, it, the Kevin Costner, if you build it, they will come sort of thing. Like, that's not our vision. But somebody today said, hey, have you ever thought about the reason that we're building is is they are coming, so we'll build? Uh, which is true. Like, I mean, our, God is bringing all of these people here, and so we're not hoping we'll build a building and they'll start coming. They're coming right now. We've got to build a building or else we're going to not be able to accommodate them anymore. And we need to pray together. So we've got uh, several ways for you to do this. As you leave today, on the tables right outside of these doors are brochures. If you've missed any of the Sundays of, of, our, of our four initiative, our prayer meetings, uh, there is so much information in here for you to go through what's happening in our vision, what's happening in our strategy, some snapshots of what's happening in the life of our church, why we are building this building, uh, prayers to pray. There is uh, renderings of the building. There's also a map of the building. There's also the stages or the phases that we will build things. Then in the very last uh, or the last page, I did it too. See, I'm a real preacher. All right, so there you go. So uh, on this side is the four actions, what we're asking you to do. And then this last page is our prayer. This is what we're praying right now. God, two point, Our goal is $2.5 million, $4.5 million to end. And we want you to be able to walk through this. But the, the next step for us now that is we've been asking God is to take this envelope and to make your pledge. Is to make your pledge. Is to tell us, this is what I believe God has told me to give for my end of year gift. This is what God has told me over the next three years to gift. And continue to pray till you feel like God has that. And then to write it down and turn it in. That's the scary part, isn't it? That's the scary part, because you're just like, I'm putting my name down here, and God has given me this number, and it's a faith number. I hope it's a fa- I mean, I hope it's a, a stretching number. I mean, anybody can throw a $10 in the offering, but this is a faith number. Like what is He calling you to do to write that number down? Man, that's, that's faith that you're practicing in doing that, and I'm asking you to do that. I get that. It's scary for me as well. It truly is. But God is honored by this, and it is our step of faith is just to not just say, okay, i am got it in my mind, and if he shows up, but to say, I'm declaring this. Lord, this is what I've heard from you. This is what I'm writing down. This is what I believe that you will do, and in faith doing that. You can put those in the, uh, the envelopes. You can drop them in our give boxes on the way out. Also, the website that you can do this electronically, four. You can do that as well. But make these pledges. We're asking everyone, we're asking for 100% participation. We're asking you to do that by Thanksgiving, to make those by Thanksgiving so that we can begin the process so that we know what our starting amounts are. we're going to continue to see momentum build as people come in over the next couple years. But this is the starting amount. Make those uh, for us. Uh, Number next, whatever. I can't remember what number one. Okay, so so Goes. There we go. Second Chronicles chapter 6, verse 30 says, May you hear in heaven your dwelling place and may you forgive and give. Circle both those words to every everyone according to their ways, since you know each heart, for you alone know the human heart. Forgive and give. This is an amazing occurrence in prayer. I think we think of give and or excuse me, forgive, and sometimes we think of give, but God has them right together in this text. Let me give you a word, one of my favorite words to describe God's nature. It's magnanimous. Magnanimous. If you're a note taker, M-A-G-N-A-N-I-M-O-U-S. Magnanimous. It is a wonderful word. It means not only do I give, but I accept forgiveness for those who have uh, sinned or done against me, and yet I'm kind to them. Yet I give. This is the way God deals with us. It's truly amazing. He doesn't just forgive and then say, well, sit over there and maybe later on. He says, I forgive you and I give immediately after. Imagine you've got a personal friend, a close friend, someone that knows you. And this person knows that you're out of town one day and you don't know that they've had, developed a drug problem. And so they break into your house And they steal your cash and they get all of your jewelry, including your grandma's jewelry that she gave to you that's sentimental to you. And they take all of that cash and they spend it on drugs and they pawn all of that jewelry and they spend it on drugs. So you tell the police, you've got it on the ring camera of them breaking into your house. You know it's them. They've done it. You tell the police, but during the trial, they are found not guilty. Your cash is gone, your, your friendship is gone, the, the jewelry's been pawned, it's all gone. And after the trial, they come up to you and they say, I need you to know I was found not guilty, but I did it. And the money is gone, I cannot repay you. I spent what you had, I spent your Christmas fund, I spent your grandma's jewelry, and I spent them on drugs. And I'm sorry, and I'm here today to ask for your forgiveness, and I can never repay you. And you say, I'm a Christian. God has forgiven me for so much. And so I forgive you. And then they look at you and say, thank you for your forgiveness. The drugs that I bought on the day that I robbed your house were laced with a chemical. And it's caused me to have severe physical pain. And I would like to ask you, would you pay for a surgery to take me out of pain? same time, how would you react? You have just done something so deep by forgiving them. And then in the next moment, they say, will you give to me? Undeservedly, that's what Jesus does when we pray. That's what is available to you in prayer. God, forgive and give he is gracious and kind and he does not give to us based on how we are or what we act alone but on the grace and the work of Jesus Christ in our life. We are foolish not to pray for that kind of magnanimous God. Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. God is good. He gives us even after he forgives for us. Next, 2nd Chronicles 6:33 says May you here in heaven, in your dwelling place, and do all the foreigner asks. Even the foreigner can pray. Then what happens? Then all the people of the earth will know your name as if they are your people Israel. And they do that in this temple I have built, bears your name. He prays for all of the people of the earth. For what? That they may know your name. This, our prayers ought to be prayers of salvation. Salvation. You can pray yourself to be saved today from your sins. But if you are saved from your sins, you can pray today for those around you who would come into this place, that they would be forgiven of their sins in this place. You pray for those who don't have salvation yet. I think too many times we think that we want that, but we basically say to outsiders, we basically say to people who don't know Jesus, we're like, you know what? You're welcome to come here. Just don't cuss, talk like us, dress like us, act like us, kind of fake it till you make it. Because when you come in and you say those things or you do those things, it makes us uncomfortable. Instead, this is a place where you look Bring your baggage, bring your sins, bring your faults to this place. We want you to come in that way because that's exactly how I came into this place. I cannot be a poser for God. He sees and he knows. Come in exactly as you are, but watch the transforming and transferring power of Jesus Christ come into you to forgive your sins and set you free and put you on a new path. So we're not gonna give you the rules on the front end. We're just gonna make sure that you know the God who saves you from your sins. And on the back end, he's gonna change you. He's gonna change your wants. He's gonna change your actions. He's gonna make you desire the things of God and we're gonna see growth in your life if you are a guest here man we are super thankful to have you today we love that God has brought you here to this place you come exactly like we came the first time broken and addicted and without hope and Jesus accepted us just the way we are and he refuses to leave us that way he changes and transforms us and that's what we pray for you we pray for salvation who are the people in your life that you are praying will be saved in this new building Who are the people in your life right now, put that up there, please, that you are praying for that will be saved in this new building? An easy way to do it is four. This is the four initiative. so pray for four people. Man, who are the people that you want to be saved in this place, to be changed and radically transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ? I hope you have a hundred. I hope you have like so many, but man, you ought to be praying for people. God, Change them and transform them in this place. Show them who they are in Jesus, that they are broken and that they can be made whole and forgive. and He will forgive them. He'll set them free. and pray for God's power in this place, that God would set them free. Next, Second Chronicles chapter six. This is the last one. Uh, was this number six? There you go. All right, there we go. All right, number six. Um, Here's what he prays. He says, "Now I therefore pray, arise, Lord God. Come to your resting place and come into this place, you and, your powerful, uh, you and your powerful ark. May your priests, Lord God, be clothed with salvation. And may your faithful people rejoice in goodness. Lord, do not reject your anointed one. Remember your servant David and the acts of his faithful love. And when Solomon finished, this is what happens when Solomon finished praying. Fire descends from heaven. He consumes the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled this temple. When we pray, we pray for the glory of God to be in this place. We pray, God, bring your glory. Let us see it. Let us feel it. God, supernaturally bring, uh, bring your glory to this place. Like, I, I think we have a pretty well-run church I mean, if you're new, you you probably get used to it over time. But look, if you're new, there's all of these people greeting you when you come in. Man, we're happy to see you. You walk over and you're like, oh, there's donuts and coffee. And Oh, they're giving it away, man. Yeah, absolutely. We like caffeinated people uh, in services. So absolutely, man. We want your kids to look forward to church and get donuts. I mean, I, I've had so many people move away, and they're like, my kids hate every church because none of them have donuts. And yeah, You know, you're like, man, we love that. Man, we love that you drop your kids off at, in our children's ministry, and they walk away, and they love it that they're hearing God. We love, the only time kids uh, uh, are saying is, the only time kids cry in our children's ministry is when we ha- they have to leave. I don't want to go. I'm having so much fun. Man, we love what God is doing in our worship ministry here. Listen, God's given us great musicians, amen? I mean, it's fantastic. I love it. I love hearing them play the first service's is my service I sit all the way through it I worship with you guys I love it I love it and and we have preaching and you can decide how good or bad you think that is uh you know I don't know in the first service they weren't quite awake yet and Jason was like how many of you are ready for the sermon and three people clapped and I was like all right this sermon's for you three and so yeah you know the rest of you just two now, uh man but we're doing good is what I'm saying. Like even, like even me, I've got a coach right now that's coaching me on, uh, on my speaking. I mean, how to speak and how to do things and how to, like, you know, how to not be as weird. He's trying to work with me with all of that, you know? But here's the deal. As good as, our, uh, as good as our hospitality is, as fantastic as our children's ministry is, as wonderful as our music is and our worship is, and as hard as I try to preach well, They pale in comparison if God would just show up in this place. If his presence would just be known and real. Like visible. They saw the fire come down. The glory of God. The presence of God in this place. God, fill this place with your presence. That your people see and sense and know and feel and hear from you. You are the God of the universe. Let us not walk away having spent an hour doing religious activity. Let us walk away from this place knowing that we met the God of the universe knowing that the spirit of god was hovering over this place was speaking to individual lives of who they are and what god would have for them in the future is speaking to all of us a vision of what he's going to do in the coming days as he continues to raise himself up and glorify himself in this place cuz what he's doing here is special and wonderful god help us to see and to sense your presence in this place let's pray right now for just that I invite you to bow your heads And for just a moment, we're going to go back through and we're going to pray. Just exactly what we talked about this morning. Pray, first of all, that this building and our new building that we're building, that it would be a place, a house of prayer. Pray that we would be a people who pray corporately together. Pray that you would be as an individual and as a family, would be a praying people. Make this a place for prayer. Some of you have injustices either in your life or in those that you know. Pray to God. God, give me justice. Give my friend, my family, this, this person that I know, give them justice. show God the situation and ask picture him as, as a judge on high and when that gavel comes down and he declares his verdict of right and wrong that that verdict in heaven would be echoed on earth most of our prayers need mercy we need to pray God give me mercy I don't deserve the life that I have. I don't deserve all that you've done for me. God, I don't don't deserve to be saved from my sins. In fact, God, I come to you as a sinner. Today, if you need to be forgiven of your sins, you don't want justice, you don't want what you deserve, you want grace, you want mercy, what you don't deserve. And right now, you can ask Jesus to forgive your sins. To cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Believe in his death on the cross. Believe in his resurrection from the dead. Pray to God right now God, give me mercy. Some of you are in pain today. It might be physical, but there's lots of kinds of pain. And the worst kind of pain is when you don't know what's happening or why. I don't know what's going on I don't understand ask God for clarity ask God for wisdom of what's, what's happening ask God is there, is there sin in my life that is contributing some to this pain might not be a one to one ratio but it might it is probably a factor confess that sin to Jesus as he brings it to your mind Ask for ways of repentance. Ask for ways to not go back. Every prayer by any person or by all the people. Every prayer. What's important to you? Lift it up to God right now. It can be to you. It can be the thing that's on your heart the most for someone else. Whatever it is comes into your mind. There is no small prayer for God. If it's important to you, it's important to God. Ask Him right now. <clears throat> we as a church are experiencing tremendous a tremendous move of God right now. Last week, we baptized our 101st person for the year. This this year, we will grow by 27%. God is doing an amazing thing. Praise him for that and then ask him, God, we need money to build this next building. We're gonna run out of room. And people will literally walk away from the gospel because we don't have enough room for them anymore in our children's ministry. So ask him, God, give us two point five million dollars to start. Ask him for your amount to contribute to that. It's your amount. It's it's nobody else's. Ask him to give you boldness to write that number down and to make that pledge. Clear in faith, God. This is what I've heard. This is what I'm going to write down. Praise God in faith for the end of the project when this, this building is complete for all of the money it takes. $4.5 million is the very high end, but it might take all of that. Praise God as if that building is built. See it in your mind. Thank you, God. That's This, this, this back-end prayer at 4.5, you're praying for a miracle. But it is what needs to happen for us to go to the next level. This is it. It's a miracle prayer. Praise God in faith. Thank you for the miracle. God can forgive and give. If you've got sin in your life, you've already examined yourself, and it's okay after that to ask God. It's okay to ask it. Maybe now, because you've seen what magnanimous is, maybe also you say, God, thank you so much. I don't deserve this, but you're so good to give to me. Now, God, fill this place with your presence. Ask him. God, we want to not just know that you are here because the Bible says where two or three are gathered in your name, you're there. So we know that you're here. God, we want to fill it. We want to see it. God, we want your presence in this place. We're doing the best that we can in hospitality and children's and worship and preaching. But God, we need your presence more than anything. You alone change lives. Fill this place with your presence. And now, God, we praise your name for all that you are and all that you are worth. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I wanna also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to MyRiverValley.Church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to MyRiverValley.Church slash give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.